Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. Hi, my name is Will, and I'm an addict. My clean date's February 27th of 2013. My home groups are Clean and Free Group in Ashtabula, Ohio, and Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Today is the 19th of January. Our title is Contributing Our Creativity. Some of us discover that we have talents for contributing to the world in other ways, whether through our creativity, our empathy, or our addict ability to focus on one thing and do it till it's done. This comes from Living Clean Chapter 1, A Vision of Hope. In NA, we often recall how drugs ruined our lives and how our innate talents were ultimately no match for our disease. When we were using, however, many of us believed that the drugs we used were fundamentally responsible for the positive contributions we made to our lives. Drugs allowed us to be confident about expressing ourselves socially, artistically, and sexually. They helped us fall asleep at night and wake up in the morning so that we could be there for our kids after work and before school. Using gave us laser-sharp focus and heightened our productivity at work, which pleased our employers and soothed our insecurities. Still, we eventually came crashing down. As one member put it, I thought I was high-functioning, but it turns out I was just high. When we first get clean, we are terrified that our performance will suffer and will disappoint others. With no drugs, we believe that we are no longer creative beings or we're talentless hacks who never were. We doubt we'll be able to function, let alone complete projects on a deadline. Will our family still love us? Because surely, we'll be less easygoing and fun. And what about sex? As we heal... We begin to understand that the deep well of our creativity, our empathy, and our focus comes from developing a more honest relationship with ourselves and a connection to our higher power. We learn to acknowledge and release, even a tiny bit, our need for perfection and validation. Our expectations of ourselves become more realistic, and that gives us more integrity in how we contribute to our lives. We refocus the wasted energy we spent comparing ourselves to others toward being of service to fellow addicts and to our loved ones and we may even discover new talents and abilities we never knew we had. I know I have something to offer the world. If I don't know what it is, I'm willing to ask for help to find out. If I already know, let me seek guidance on how to deliver it with humility and generosity. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Welcome back, everyone. This is January 19th, Contributing Our Creativity. We're here with Stephanie Kay. Stephanie, what do you think? Good afternoon, Douglas. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I I really can relate to the reading. Um, you know, I had used for like 24 years of my life, you know, my through my entire adulthood, um, through raising children and um, you know, and I distinctly remember not being able to do anything without getting high, you know, do the dishes, playing a board game, cooking dinner. Um, you know, and it, it, you know, getting high didn't mean like falling down drunk, kind of getting high. It was just like, just to function, you know, as a, in a, in a normal capacity. Um, and, and I remember when I first got clean, like thinking, how can I, um, you know, 
like drugs was such a part of my identity. I did not understand how that could be different for me. So, and they definitely showed me that way. Well, that is scary. And a lot of us don't have, like I sure didn't have examples of people who got clean and, and were living like a different way of life. Like the examples that I saw in active addiction were people who got clean. It was because they got, they, they, they went to rehab and came back and started using again or they were um uh did a little bit of time in either jail or prison you know came back and started using you know it was those things it wasn't hey man i went and got clean and now i'm living a different way of life just it was an example yeah you know i was raised up in like a fairly typical household you know my my dad had drank a little bit but they were like not addicts you know so i didn't have like a a lot of um you know uh, like torture like the way you know some kids grow up, you know, I didn't have that, but, um, I definitely was always different from my parents. You know, I knew that from a very early age, probably before I ever picked up. So, um, once I did finally pick up, it was just like really natural for me to, to be in that state all the time, you know, mm-hmm. Steph, what, what do we, what do we say to, to the folks listening who are looking and saying, look, I just can't even I just can't even get to the first sentence of the italics. Some of us discover we have talents, you know, to contribute in whatever way. And that's how I, I sure as hell felt that way getting clean. I was like, man, I don't have, if you asked me what I was into, I had no idea mm-hmm. what food I liked, what things mm-hmm. I like to do in my spare time. It was just, I didn't, you know, I just didn't know. And so to think about having some kind of, you know, talent or creativity or, or anything like that to offer into the world, that's a value. No yeah, I, I I loved playing sports when I was younger. I played softball and then I <clears throat> didn't play again until right after my divorce. I was like 34. And I played adult leagues. And then I remember sitting, you know, at a bar with a gentleman friend of mine. And he's like, you know, eventually you'll stop doing this. I'm like, oh, no, I love softball. I'll always play. Well, sure enough, you know, the drugs became more important. Right. Um, and then after I got clean, I did try to play again and I did for a couple of years, but, it, you know, life got just too busy and I couldn't, you know, um, contribute that much time to it every week. But, um, you know, having a purpose today, <clears throat> you know, I've always like been a caretaker as far as, uh, you know, working with adults with special needs. And um, but today my purpose, you know, is very much, um, you know, being of service, whether it's to my family or to my community, my job. Um, the families that I work with, you know, the fellowship. So I have definitely found, refound, you know, maybe like a purpose that I always had, but it just kind of got lost along the way. And that's always where my anxiety lessens too, is when I'm of service. Oh, and that's a, that, and, and that's such a good, like, if, if I brought up the problem perspective of, of you know, if we unpack this, I'm like, well, what if we don't, what if we don't know what, what our talent, what if yeah. we don't know what we can, you're exactly right. Like the solution, you know, perspective, it has to be to get into service and find out, man. It's like, and you, and you know, and even, even like within the service piece, like there's so many cool things like, Hey man, maybe, maybe I'm really horrible at trying to be a GSR and that's okay. Like we don't have to try to make the square. What What's that saying? Like the square peg in the round hole, you know, mm-hmm. thing, but I'm a rock star at greeting people and throwing chairs up, I can make them into like the perfect circle or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, the home group wants to, wants to do. And so I think you're, you're exactly right, man. It's like, Hey, if we're struggling with saying, you know, this sense of purpose or some kind of, you know, talent or whatever, 
get in the service, man, outside of myself and into other people. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and then, and then, um, like to take that a little step further, our network, you know, or like, are we, or, you know, depending on what area, you know, we call like our support group, it gets, it widens and widens and widens. And then the buildup to that is, well, damn, I have like 10 new friends that I've met from doing things. And one of them is going to ask me to go do something. Damn, I do something. Oh, I'm good at, you know, that build up, like how, how life just, just kind of organically becomes full because we're clean and serving other people. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when, I remember when I first got clean, they're like, right in your base. And that didn't make sense to me. And I didn't get a lot of women's phone numbers. And um, I remember particularly one night struggling and I was talking to a guy, like a, a friend, not, you know, nothing. It was just platonic. And he's like, well, who do you call? besides your sponsor, you know, when you're struggling and I had no one, you know, one on my oh, list. Oh, damn. Okay. I really like have tried very, very hard to always get women's phone numbers, continuing to do that today. Like any new woman that comes in the fellow or into a meeting that I'm at, I get their phone numbers. You know, we have a busy night tonight. Our, one of our um, treatment facilities opens up again tonight to the public. So, um, you know, they've been closed with COVID, you know, because of the pandemic. So they haven't let any people from the outside in. So there's a meeting tonight and I'm like, Oh, that's know, exciting. So That's exciting. super exciting. It's yeah. been like a few years since they've been open to us. So yeah. um trying to get some some newer women back in there. We have people going with us tonight. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, it's one of the it, it, it's funny some meetings around here after at the end of the meeting when they say, Hey, look, you know, get the 90 and 90, you know, do this. Whenever they say get phone numbers, and people always shout behind that and use them, you know, yeah. and call them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that you reminded me of that is like what so, so the gentleman you were talking to that, that's what kind of got you in the, in the swing of things of reaching out to people, I just, I just calling you up on that. Like I have nobody. <laughs> I can't believe that I cannot even list off one other woman, you know, mm. that's not the case today, but it's taken me a lot of work. It's that does not just happen. Right. I mean, that put, I had to put work in for that. So, you know, we yeah. always think like calling somebody new, it's going to be, it's going to be like the weird and strange thing. And sometimes it is because look, Really, I think what we want to say is like, oh, don't worry about it. Every phone call you make is going to be fantastic. No, that's not true. There's some people, my experience has been, there's some people when I call, it's like, Ugh. awkward. It's <laughs> awkward. There's, but for, the, <laughs> but for the majority of calls that I've made, you know, just saying, hey, look, man, I'm just getting clean or, you know, whatever the situation, uh, you know, trying to touch base with you. They pick up the, they pick up the conversation. Yeah. You know, we know some things that say, hey, all right, what meeting are you going to today? You know, mm -hmm. who's sponsoring you? Where are you at? You know, are you doing this? You know, mm -hmm. this and that. And the conversation right. kind of flows. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how many, how, I, do you think that's, that's a little bit less now than maybe pre-texting? Oh, yeah. Texting is definitely a challenge. I mean, that's my era though. So that I didn't get clean when there wasn't texting. Um but I do want my my ladies to call me, not text. Oh, text is not a check-in? I mean, okay. I don't, not that they can't always text, but when when we're doing that beginning willingness exercise, it has to be a phone call. Steph, you know what we might have to do? We <laughs> Just to have a little bit of fun with that, we might have to put a poll on the Facebook page to see to see where we, where we <laughs> fall on that. Is texting a check-in? You know, that would be kind of fun. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. So what's your, what's your, um, any talents that you have that you've discovered since being clean that you were like, oh <laughs> shit, I didn't know this about me. I don't know. I mean, 
That's a tough question, isn't it? That's a it tough is. Question. Like, I used to be super crafty. I used to be a teacher for pre preschool, so that was always something I really dug, you know. But I haven't gotten into that kind of stuff as much lately. Um, no, I feel like I don't have time. I exercise and I go to work and I do meetings. You know, like I don't have a huge thing right now that I, not a lot. But I'm sure if I got into it, I could figure it out. Mm -hmm. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste, and God bless. Mm-hmm.